Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 33, SummerSlam 1989. Feel the heat! It's hot in here. Is it, are you going to take off all your clothes? I might. Okay, well, I'll turn around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm respectful. This is the second annual SummerSlam produced by the WWF. It was held on August 28th, 1989 at the Brendan Byrne Arena in Rutherford, New Jersey. All right. <laughs> I don't think we've been here before. We've never been to this place. Uh, it's where the New Jersey Devils played for a long time, mm-hmm. um, as they played in, obviously, New Jersey. Yeah. Who is Brendan Byrne? Is he a I little devil? I have no clue who Brendan Byrne is. I mean, I'm a little dragon. He's a, is he a little devil? I don't think so. <laughs> the attendance for this show was 20,000 people. It's a lot. That's, that's, that's a, a lot of people. That's a handful. That's a good dab. It's a solid showing, to say the least. Solid showing, yeah. Especially considering no heavyweight belt on the line. The main Spoiler belt that's on alert. the line, the only belt on the line, uh, yeah. is the Intercontinental Championship in this in this show. I miss the women's title. So do Just most of bit. the women. <laughs> Scary Sherry. I mean, sensational Sherry. Give her a run. She had a run. It wasn't very sensational. <laughs> So, other things that were happening around August 28th, Voyager 2 had made its closest approach to Neptune and its moon Titan. Are you a big NASA moon space guy? I feel like I should be more than I am, but I always like a good space movie. Whether it's, I mean, I love science fiction, but like stuff that's like more grounded in reality, whether it's the Martian documentary or yeah, something like The Martian. Apollo fucking 13. Like, Apollo 13 is so good. I like, yeah. I, I thought that was the greatest thing on the planet when I was a kid. I saw that movie. That, one even, of the few movies I ever watched in the front row of a theater. Oh, yeah. That's a rough. And it was Apollo 13. The, when the rockets start going off, uh-huh. and you're like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you could even. It's kind of a disservice to some things, to some other, of the other films. But that's not exactly true. Because even like, I liked Contact as a kid. A movie that no child should like. I thought Contact was cool. I thought that movie was horrible. Uh, I've been really wanting to rewatch it because I think that I have potential to Appreciate enjoy it. Appreciate it better. But no, I mean, I liked it then. And I think it's just because I liked anything that had to do with space at all. What's the one with Gary Sinise where at the end he just goes and hangs out with the aliens? Mission to Mars. Yeah, I've never, See, I, I watched, don't think I've seen that one. I watched all those. But the thing is, is like I don't know a whole lot about NASA or space exploration for real, but I know I always watch it. Like, I saw Ad Astra, which nobody fucking cared about, uh, just because I knew it was in space, and it had Brad Pitt in it, so, like, that's always a plus. Especially coming af- coming off of his, like, comeback Alien, in that. Aliens? Well, yeah, those Aliens, are- like, my favorite movie ever, but those are a little different. Because those, these other movies are kind of more, like, heady, just, like, space movies. Gravity? I never saw Gravity. I've, I've, 
It's one of those movies I, where... I, people, I really liked Gravity. A lot of people did. But I heard that like if you didn't see it in the theater, like you don't really need to see it. I can I can see that. Because the the it's like graphics watching, of it, it's kind of like watching Avatar. It's like watching Avatar at home. You're like, okay, like it's not nearly as fun to look at at home. Definitely not as fun. Yeah. I watched it. I rewatched that one like moderately recently. I was like, you rewatched Avatar? Yeah. Why? Because I wanted to see Why how just I just watch Fern Gully. I wanted, much see, I wanted to see how I felt about it. Fern Gully's. I actually haven't watched it in a long time. It's probably fine, but I'm more of a secret and nim guy. But Fern Gully is the Fern, same story as Avatar. Yeah. Avatar is put together. It's a well put together story. It's just that there's no characters. James, Cameron, James Cameron's worst movie. Hot yes. takes. It's not a hot, that's not a hot take. That's not a hot take at all. <laughs> Are you uh, Terminator 1 or 2? Two? 2. I'm 1. 2 had the more sophisticated CGI. Yeah, for sure. This says something about the first one. It's like, I don't think that the first one is a better movie. I just enjoy watching it more. That's my like weird argument. On 3, most underrated Cameron movie. 1, <laughs> 2... Three. Abyss. Abyss. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, Abyss is like, True Lies is kind of like mediocre. Like, everybody likes it, but nobody loves it. No, I love True Lies. But you don't love it like The Abyss. The Abyss, you can't even... I like it better than The Abyss, but it's Abyss is underrated. Yeah, the, well, The Abyss, you can't even purchase, I don't think. It's not on any streaming services, and I don't think there's a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release of it. So, like, there might be a shitty DVD. I'm trying, there's a shitty DVD somewhere. But I need a I need a, a Blu-ray Abyss, right? Don't we all? We all do. Yeah. Especially before five Avatar sequels. I mean, I'm gonna see Avatar 2. Because James Cameron makes a movie, I go see We're it. We're all gonna go see Avatar 2. Doesn't mean that we want, want to, to go, go see, see it, Avatar yeah. 2. Totally true. A movie that was released prior, uh, just a few days prior uh, to the date, was The Adventures of Milo and Otis. Oh, so many animals got murdered on that set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've only ever seen parts of did that you, movie. Did you fact check that one? Uh, no, supposedly there was like some pretty like weird sad stuff. They went through some oh, animals. Really? Yeah. It's, okay. I but uh, did not know this. Yeah. Sorry. I know that if you did, you probably would have been like, Ooh. definitely don't uh, advocate for murder of anything, let alone cute animals. Definitely not. But yeah, I've only maybe ever seen, serial killers. I've, yeah. Whatever. Who cares? They asked for it. My own notice. I've only ever seen parts of on TV. I it saw was never it a staple in the for me. Theater. Like Homeward Bound one and two, I saw in the theater. But I think that's like our small age gap where that's kind yeah. of the difference. Yeah, I saw Adventures of Milo and Otis in the theater and afterwards I was like, that was super boring. Oh, you didn't like it? Are you more of a bear? What is it? Ba- this movie's just called Bear? Uh, they're just... Like, I think I was going in thinking that they were going to be like... a look. It was going to be like a Look Who's Talking oh. type deal. Look Who's Talking? Pretty fun movie. It's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. And look who's it's it's one of my guilty pleasure well, movies. Like, literally, it's all, I'll just be like, okay, even, sure. even the sequel, not that bad. Uh, the third one, however, was like, oh, we don't need dogs. That, that's. I think that's what I went into Milo and Otis thinking it was going to be, and then it wasn't. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is... Is Look Who's Talking the only good Kirstie Alley movie? Is it the only Kirstie Alley movie that's not episodes of Cheers? And that's, obviously, episodes of Cheers are not a movie. Nothing's coming to mind right offhand. Yeah, I don't and know. I'm not Googling yeah. it all live on air. I hope she's doing fine. So let's head off to the show. I think that's enough about Christy Alley. We went off, we went off kind of hard. Uh, the logo for SummerSlam comes onto the screen, and then we are welcomed by Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone is here, and he's actually kind of excited, and I was excited that he was excited. 
And Jesse Ventura uh, is with him. Ventura threatens Shivani for running Heenan off. Did he say Heenan or did he say Gorilla? I swear he said Heenan. Uh, I, I mean, I think he gives him more trouble about Gorilla throughout the show. So I remember it as Gorilla, but he might have said Heenan. See, I thought I heard him say Heenan, but I... It didn't make any sense to me. No, no. I, I think it. he's. I think he's said gorilla, and if he had a misstep, he definitely talks about him running off gorilla, and like gives him shit throughout the show. Okay. And like, it's like oh, I didn't think that I could that I would have to work with somebody worse than gorilla or whatever. Blah blah blah, stuff like that. That that makes more sense. It's good. Up top, Tony's better than I expected. He's not gorilla. Nobody's gorilla, but he's not as milk toast. As he was in every other way. fucking time. Yes. We then get a video package that plays with highlights of our participants for the evening, intermingled with summer activities such as swimming, yes. bicycling, eating ice cream. What were some other your favorite ones? There? I don't know. Those are the only ones I remember. But the uh, yeah, skateboarding. Like, like, I don't know. Yeah, remember. the dynamic dudes skateboard by. <laughs> uh, but the. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because, like, at first I thought that maybe, like, the the summer act would mimic the, like, high spot because it's always, like, a DDT or, like, a leg drop or something. But it's funny. They had nothing to do with no, each other at no, all. No, no, not at all. But at first I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, either way, it's still fun. I do like how the Summer Sam lo- logo, like, the two S's fall on top of each other and it's, like, super early, like, simple computer animation. So we're going to head off to our first match. The Heart Foundation of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim Anvil Neidhart versus... Uh, in their pink suits, which I love their pink suits. Their pink suits are... Brett definitely looks better in the pink suit than Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> versus the Brain Busters, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson with Bobby Heenan. You mean recent, recent champions. Recent champions, the Brain Busters, as we saw, or as we talked well, yeah, about last, last week. week. The titles aren't up for grabs. Why would that be? So Ventura explains that the match was signed before the Brain Busters became champions. Checks out to me. Okay. Yeah, why not? Although that's silly. I mean, like, maybe they didn't plan on... I don't know what they planned on. It's like, did they not plan on putting them on the Brain Busters? It just made no sense at all. I mean, you put these four guys in the ring, they're not going to have a bad match. No, I mean, we, fucking... we literally talked about these two teams having a match just like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we, it's like, like, we like Axe and Smash, but you know who we like better than Axe and Smash? The Brain Busters, the Heart Foundation. Well, I mean, we already know. The but... Rockers. Yeah. No, I The shows. I like Demolition. Quite I don't mind Demolition. Yeah. But there are teams that I like much, much better. I'm just saying, like, you want to see, like, the Axe and Smash are not, do not hold the weight that names, like, Bret Hart, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and even Jim Neidhart hold. Like, Axe and Smash does not go nearly as far. No, it does not. So the match starts. Hitman, with a pair of arm drags, begins working on the arm of Tully. Arn is in with a leg takedown, goes for a side headlock, but Hart reverses into a hammerlock, and the foundation starts working on Anderson's arm. Arn looks for a tag, but is pulled back at the last second by Anvil and dragged to the Hart Foundation corner. Anderson keeps getting closer to his corner. Blanchard's standing on the bottom rope so he can reach Arn, but the ref sees this and doesn't allow the tag. I know. It was kind of a nice moment. I was like, ah, good. Good, good on you, ref. Yeah. Eddie would have caught that. <laughs> 
Brainbusters finally are able to make a tag. Blanchard tosses Neidhart to the ropes, goes for a hip toss, but Anvil blocks and face plants Tully. Blanchard's laying down chops on Neidhart, who just no-sells them, delivers a forearm, and Irish whips him chest first into the turnbuckle. The weasel chant starts up. Uh, gotta love weasel chant. Hitman with a hammer lock on Tully, who reverses it into a wrist lock, tries to get Brett to the mat, but Hart does a bridge so the shoulder don't ever go to the mat. Yeah, it was weird. It was a really cool spot. Yeah, I was just it was just weird because like I don't know like I like I had to think about what was happening for a second. I was like, wait, what? Hart powers back up to a standing position when Arn comes in to take the other wrist. Hitman then flips over and hits a double hip toss to the Brainbusters. The yeah, it was wrist work the match. Tully rolls out of the ring with Brett on the chase as Blanchard gets back in. He tags Anderson, but Hart doesn't see it and continues to stalk Blanchard which allows Arn to hit him from behind. Anderson with a power slam and goes for a pump splash, but Brett gets his knees up. And the pump I know, that was an early, is... early, early knees up, too. I was like, damn, all right. Pump slash is basically like a Vader bomb. Yeah. But they finally gave it a name of some sort. All four men in the ring brawling, ending with the Brain Busters both on the outside. Tully's tossed to the corner, jumps up to the second rope, and leaps off for a Thez press. Anvil catches him, driving Blanchard back first into the turnbuckle. Arn comes in from behind to hit Neidhart, but Brett is right there to knock Anderson to the apron. Anvil reverses an Irish whip to return Tully to the turnbuckle, and the Hart Foundation Irish whips Neidhart to the turnbuckle for a corner splash, but Arn pulls Blanchard away for Anvil to hit chest first. Yeah, it was a good camera position for this too. The Brainbusters begin double teaming and working over Neidhart. Tully with a reverse chin lock, but Anvil begins to get to his feet with Blanchard on his back, but is close enough to make the tag to double A, who delivers a punch to put Neidhart back on the mat. Anvil fights his way out of the corners, running the ropes where he and Arn hit heads to knock them both out. Double A is running the ropes when Hitman gets a knee up into the back from the apron. Both teams make tags, Hart throwing punches, Irish whips Tully and delivers a back elbow, scoop slams both brain busters, Clotheslines both of them, drop kicks Arn, scoop slams Tully, comes <laughs> off the second rope with an elbow drop, vertical <laughs> suplex, goes for the cover, and Anderson's there to break it up. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, Bret Hart, really? Like, you really went in there and, like, goddamn, dude. Hart Foundation goes for Irish whips, but Anderson reverses so that Tully and Hart double clothesline each other. Neidhart knocks Arn to the floor, follows him out to brawl on the outside. In the ring, Hart hits an inverted atomic drop on Tully. Anderson goes for a forearm on Anvil on the outside, but Neidhart moves and Double A hits the ring post on the outside. Posted. Anvil up on the apron. Brett Irish whips Tully and then slingshots Neidhart for a shoulder tackle. Anvil with the power slam grabs Hart from the ropes into a torture rack position and hits a fireman's carry suplex onto Blanchard and goes for the cover. It's so, like, like it's, it's I know what happened, but it's like, the way you describe it, I'm like, it's really, yeah. Neidhart puts, puts Brett up onto his shoulders. Yeah. And then basically just tosses his legs, legs over as basically a suplex over onto. Yeah, it's almost slamming. kind of like he, like, F5'd him onto him in a weird yeah, way. exactly. It was cool. I was like, damn. All right. I know. I was like, that's a cool move. 
Heenan's then up on the apron, distracting the ref, so Neidhart goes after him, which causes the ref to force him back into his corner, while Double A comes off the second rope with a double axe handle to Hart, makes the cover for the pin and the win. win. This match was super fun. Totally. But we were missing one thing. Belts on the line? Okay, we were missing two things. <laughs> okay. We got no spine buster. Oh yeah, we didn't get a spine buster. No. I kept I just like kept waiting, waiting for, for Arn yeah. to hit the spine buster to lead to the finish. They didn't really get anything big in. No. Hart and Neidhart basically had all the offense yeah. really in this match. I do love Neidhart's manic laugh. We then go to the back mean jeans back there with the polka dotted hero Dusty Rhodes. <sighs> I was so so excited and I've got a lot to say. A lot to say. Well, so did Dusty. <laughs> and here's along. a few things that he did have to say. It was beautiful. Dusty, first, like I said, he's in polka dots, mm-hmm. but he also has a policeman hat. Yeah. No clue. Not sure. Rhodes then says, you can't sing, prove me wrong. You can't dance. We know I can dance circles around you. And, he, and he's talking about Honky Tonk Man this entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. He says the word public. But he like, says, no, public. Public. Yeah, it's great. And then he says, you can mark this one down tonight. I'm going to kick your booty. Mm-hmm. He laughs and then gives like this toothy grin to the camera. Like this is, Dusty feels kind of like he had like a weight taken off his shoulder and he's just here to have fun and it rules. I, I had this question. Mm-hmm. He, he, comes, he comes off very effeminate. Do you feel like that was a... I don't think that it's any more so than normal. It's just only more so because he is, like, pumped up more. But I think that he's, you know, not booking. He's just working. So, like, I think that that's so he's why just he's... having more I th- fun. I think he's just having more fun. He's more loose. And he's just, like, talent now as opposed to being a bunch of other things. Okay. And, like, he's just working, like, undercard matches as opposed to being, like... Having to carry a show. Yeah, yeah. Having to carry a show or to... Be the face that, you know, loses to Flair again or whatever. I mean, I was just watching it, I was like, this is a super fun, but I was just like, are, are, are we going, what kind of character are we going for? Oh, yeah, I, I don't like, know, like the police hat and the baton or whatever. It's like, what the fuck is this? The b- polka dots is fine. You could put him in anything, just let him talk. Just let him talk, let him go out there and wrestle. Speaking of letting him go wrestle, we're going to go off to our second match, which is the Honky Tonk Man with Colonel Jimmy Hart versus Dusty Rhodes. Is he, they don't call him the American Dream, do they? They don't call him the American Dream, but his song yeah. says the American Dream in it. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Dusty has a nightstick with him, which I didn't see in the promo. No, I don't think he had it in the promo, but, but he had the hat on. But he had the hat on. It goes with the hat. I, I still don't understand but, quite yeah. what it's there for. Common Man is a motherfucking jam, though, of an of a intro tune. They're both in the ring, and uh, Jimmy yells through his megaphone, tells Honky Tonk Man... Show him how to dance, honky. Show him how to dance. <laughs> the crowd is hot for Dusty, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should be, but you know. And Honky does a little shimmy, and then Dusty does a little strutting as well. Oh yes, Dusty. Dusty, like he's just. I feel like I feel the weight off of his shoulders here because he just looks like he's having fucking fun, and we haven't even started the match yet where he has lots of fun. They end up locking up in a corner, and Rhodes backs away, showing a little wiggle in his walk. Mm-hmm. Honky Tonk Man charges in, gets back body dropped by the American Dream, goes for an elbow, but Honky rolls out of the ring. 
Dusty with the wrist lock tussles Honky Tonk's hair. Yes. He's fuming. It's so funny. He just does like basically puts his hand right in his face on top of his head and just like shh, just shakes it. Just shakes the hair around. Honky charges in with a roundhouse ride that roads ducks, spinning Honky around, and the American Dream hits an atomic drop, an elbow, and mounted punches. Oh, yeah. Jesse had a great line here. He said, Oh, my God. Thank you. I heard that Dusty entered the Mr. America contest and won for most, most abs. abs. <laughs> and Tony goes, you mean best abs? And he's like, no. No. Most abs. abs. It's like, God, oh, this is fucking, this is why we love, this is one of the many reasons we love Jesse. Both men are trading blows. Rhodes is running the ropes. Hart grabs his leg, which turns the attention of Dusty towards Jimmy, stalking him around the ring until Hart rolls in, where Honky picks up the bullhorn and hits the American Dream in the gut. Where he has the most abs? Exactly. Wouldn't he be, wouldn't he be resilient where he has Shouldn't the most he abs? over the head. Yeah. Honky's working over Dusty. If he does, he might just start bleeding, and then he might right. get fired. That's true. <laughs> Honky's working over Dusty. Even Hart's getting in on the action. Honky Tonk Man has Rhodes in a headlock. Crowd starts firing up the American Dream, who gets to his feet, delivers an elbow, goes to run the ropes. Which we know. We know an elbow from Dusty is not a regular elbow. It could be bionic. <laughs> but Honky's there with a knee to the midsection and goes right back to the headlock. Back to his feet, Dusty delivers multiple shoulder blocks before an eye rake by Honky. Two men's trading blows again, but Dusty gets a second win, does a little dancing, Ooh. throwing his quick jabs. Ooh. A Dusty rolled a double fist. The, you, the, that guy? Yep. Uh, is that what you call it? Like the, I call it a Dusty roll because he's the yeah, one that does it. So. Yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. He, he rolls it's his, like a Popeye. He like, like, he like rolls his arms and then he like throws both, both fists. Yes, it's very funny and we love it. Irish whips Honky Tonk to the corner, charges in, but Honky moves, grabs the American Dream, tossing him straight into the ref. Ref bump. Honky Tonk Man working over Dusty and tells Hart to grab the guitar. Honky's holding Rhodes. Jimmy swings the guitar, but the American Dream moves, breaking it over Honky Tonk Man's head. Hell yeah. We all love that. Dusty then with the bionic elbow for the pin and the win. Sean Mooney is there, grabs Honky Tonk Man on his way back to the dressing room, and asks him, hey, if anyone knows the name of that tune, it would be you. And Honky ends up having some incoherent rambling about Priscilla and Lisa Marie. Yeah. Well, I, I, thought don't, it was, I, don't... I thought it was good, considering yeah, yeah. they just got hit over the head with a... De- definitely, oh, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, he sells the fact that he's, like, dazed. So it's not incoherent rambling like a warrior promo. It's incoherent rambling that's like planned out because he got hit with a guitar exactly yeah i it was very fun we then go to the back mean jeans there with demolition and king hacksaw jim duggan oh yeah i like king's duggan more than regular duggan uh, as hacksaw has a crown and a black hockey mask painted black i said black, black twice. Hockey, he did yes he has a uh, hockey mask painted black on his face thank you Duggan had defeated Haku earlier in the year to take the crown from him. So it wasn't another King of the Ring tournament. He just, he took just it. Yeah, I was curious about that. I was like, why didn't we just, see why didn't we see a King of the Ring? He like, just defeated Haku yeah. and so now Haku's yeah. the former king and Hacksaw's now the king right now. Yeah. And we're headed off to our third match, Mr. Perfect versus the Red Rooster. The two men start arguing in the ring, shoving each other. Perfect with an arm drag, a hip toss, fireman's carry, 
but Rooster retaliates with a slap across the face. Poor Red Rooster. He really does sell the chicken shit, and he's like, you know, the pecking. Yeah. He's got the weird fucking... I hope he didn't actually dye his hair, and it's just like some weird paint he puts in there. That's probably just paint. But he is over. Mr. Perfect is getting booze. And, like, Rooster is getting well, Mr. cheers. Mr. Perfect getting booze doesn't have, I mean, like, has anything to do with Red Rooster being over. No, but Red Rooster is still getting cheers. And it doesn't feel like it's just because he's against Mr. Perfect. Perfect is tossed to the ropes. Rooster with multiple leapfrogs until Perfect stops, turns to scoop slam Rooster. But Taylor floats over, goes to scoop slam Hennig, but his leg gives and Perfect lands on top for a near fall. Perfect starts laying it on the Rooster, hitting a standing drop kick, punches... But Rooster rakes the eyes and tosses Perfect to the floor. Uh, heels doing, I mean, faces doing heel shit. Rooster follows out to the floor where Perfect with punches, chops, head slam to the apron. And Rooster makes his way into the ring where Perfect grabs him to hit the Perfect Plex for the pin and the win. And that's all we got. And now we get a, an ad for my favorite show. Survivor Series. Yeah. But a little note for this last match. Because if you watch it... you're well, even just with our notes, it seems like that was a very short match. And it was because Red Rooster hurt his leg. Oh, really? And so they went to, like, whenever he did the... I um, mean, I figured that it was going to be short anyway. Like When, when he, he scoop slam... Mr. Slammed, Perfect hadn't lost any matches yet. That's true, but when they when he scoop slam and mm-hmm. the whole his leg gives... Yeah, that was that was That was a real injury oh, that okay. happened. And so... They were supposed to go for a few more minutes. Oh, really? And they huh. tried to work it out best they could to just end it as quickly as possible. That's why the perfect plex just out of nowhere. Yeah. Because like they literally get back in the ring from the outside. He grabs it for the perfect plex, and there's the win. And yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, you should have worked him like, a little bit. Yeah. What? The, it was weird, but then I read that... He did we not get a per- Mr. Perfect Red Rooster promo before this? We did not get a Red Rooster. Okay, that's later, I guess. I think we get a Mr. Perfect promo later. Okay. Yeah. We then go to the back with Mean Gene. He's there with Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan. Gene tells him that Warrior has promised to win back the IC title. And Rude says, Promises are made to be broken, along with arms, legs, Legs, necks, and and hearts. And I will prove that Warrior is the ultimate liar, and I'm the ultimate intercontinental champion. So good. That was a really good line. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rude. What's on your pants tonight? We'll find out soon enough. In that fourth match, we get the Rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty teaming up with Tito Santana versus the fabulous Rajos of Jacques and Raymond Rajot with Rick Martel. And they have Slick and Jimmy Hart in their corner. As the match getting started, Tito... So, it's, so we're getting the Rockers versus the Rajos plus a split strike force. Exactly. So sad. I love Strike Force. Why did they break Strike Strike Force so early? Because I don't think they really liked each other in real life. Fuck. And that sucks. They wanted to push Rick Martel. He's good. I promise. Yeah, I know. I I like both of them a lot. I like them together as well, though. Granted, we're not in really a, we're not really having trouble with good tag teams at the moment. Exactly. So everyone's in the ring, and Tito is wanting Martel, but Jacques will start and offers his hand, but Santana just never shakes it. Fuck no. Jacques tossed to the ropes. Rockers are in with double leapfrogs, double hip toss, double elbow drops, and then Irish whips Tito into a crossbody on Raymond and Martel. Rockers and Santana with drop kicks to send the opposing team to the floor. Janetti then whips Jacques to the turnbuckle where he leaps off the second ropes 
fakes a crossbody, making Marty duck. Jacques then turns around on the ropes and comes off with a jumping fist, but Marty catches him in the gut on the way down. That fake out was so cool. I was like, ah, you don't get a lot of those in wrestling, I feel like. Not anymore. There for a while, it felt like they were doing it like every show. Yeah. There was like a couple of them. It was just like, okay, this spot needs to like slow down. Yeah, I like the, the fake outs for sure. Marty seems to be waiting on the other Rougeau to get in the ring, so he turns his attention and Jacques hits him from behind. I feel like this was probably a botch because and Raymond was just late getting to his spot. Yeah, it was pretty obvious, honestly. Yeah. Raymond with the savat kick, Marty's being worked over. Janetti reverses an Irish whip to send Martel to the corner, but he lifts himself up and over a charging Marty. Does a cartwheel, so Janetti delivers a drop kick while Rick showboats. Chico running the ropes, leapfrogs Raymond. Damn it. Ducks a clothesline, blocks a right hand to deliver a right hand of his own, and a clothesline of his own. Santana tossed to the ropes where Jacques grabs his boot to draw Tito's attention, which allows Raymond to hit him from behind with a knee to the back. Martel and Jacques with a double team rubber band slam, and Rick's working over Santana. Tito's tossed to the ropes. Jacques hits a drop kick, drives Santana back to his corner. Chico starts firing back on Martel until Jacques grabs his hair from the outside. Rick Irish whips Tito to the turnbuckle, delivers several shoulder blocks before Santana leaps up on the third rope to hit a sunset flip for a near fall. Raymond turns Tito over for a Boston Crab while Jacques delivers a jumping knee drop to the back. Jacques with the ab stretch of death, grabbing Martel's we, hand for leverage. We get some Tito chants that make me feel good. No, there's Tito, Tito Chance. God damn it. What do you have against Tito Santana? I don't have anything wrong. Good. Raymond jumping in with punches to the gut all while the ref is dealing with the rockers. Tito hip tosses Jacques to get out of the ab stretch, but Martel hits an elbow drop to keep him from making a tag. Santana firing up with punches, but is just too tired to make it past Martel for a tag. Martel goes for a schoolboy roll up, but Tito hangs onto the ropes. He's then running the ropes, ducks a Jacques clothesline, and returns with a crossbody. Tito's tossed to the ropes by Raymond, hits another sunset flip for a two count. Every time Chico is about to make a tag, the Rajos and Martel are right there to cause a distraction. Say Chico again. Or bring Tito back to the corner. <laughs> Flying back elbow by Jacques, Raymond holding Santana. Jacques goes for a high knee, but Tito moves, and Raymond takes the brunt of the blow. Santana's crawling and makes the hot, hot tag, tag to Shawn Michaels. Michaels with kicks, punches, tosses Martel to the turnbuckle. It's like Shawn Michaels, they held him off. Yeah, this is the first time match, he's yeah. in the first time he's in the ring. It's crazy. Hits a back body drop, right hand to Raymond on the apron, drop kicks Rick, running the ropes, Martel ducks his head, Shawn hits a vertical suplex, goes to the top rope to hit a flying knee drop, tags Marty in to press slam him onto Rick. Janetti feels the interference coming and moves just as Jacques goes for an elbow drop. Everybody's in the ring. The Rockers Irish whip the Rougeaus into Martel for all three to hit each other. Tito with a flying forearm to Rick to send him to the floor. Janetti covers Jacques, but Jimmy Hart puts the Rougeau's foot on the rope. Marty then grabs Hart and pulls him up on the apron when Raymond delivers a drop kick to him, rolls him up with a schoolboy, but Janetti reverses it into a schoolboy of his own but Martel is there to break it up with a right hand and makes the cover for the pin 
and the wind. So much. There's so much that happens right there. So much. <laughs> That's like, holy shit. How did you even take notes on that? But like press slam, press slamming Marty Jannetty onto a guy? It's cool. It's really cool. It's a shame that Marty Jannetty loved a party and was not as handsome as Shawn Michaels because his potential is... We've said this... Is, is almost as strong. I would say it's, it would be just as strong if he was as handsome. But he's not as handsome. He's not as handsome. We have said many, at least a couple times before, Marty Jannetty actually has more innovative offense yeah, he's, on these shows He's like the workhorse. He's Yeah, like he's kind of like early like Sean Waltman in as far as like just being like that kind of explosive. Like pre-Sean Waltman, of course, but you know what I mean. Where it's just like, holy shit. Like one, two, three kids, Sean Waltman. I mean, yeah, just any Sean Waltman, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, he's young, he's in there, and he's like hungry for the shit. Not that Sean isn't, but Marty Jetty is he's there, he's doing it. We then head off to a video package of Warrior and Rude. They're doing the super pose down from Royal Rumble, where Rude attacks with a steel workout bar. We go to WrestleMania 5, where Heenan holds onto the boot of Warrior to help Rude win the IC title. Feud's been going for a while. Again, Haku versus Warrior during a primetime wrestling episode, where Rude attacks from behind after the match, hits a pile driver. Andre the Giant then comes out, but Warrior starts fighting back and ends up press slamming Rude onto Andre on the outside of the ring. Rough. We then get Rude. He has a young lady in the ring during an episode of Superstars, and he closes his eyes, ready for a kiss. When Warrior runs out to attack him, press slamming him to Wouldn't the mat. Wouldn't it be funny if Warrior just pushed her out of the way and then kissed him? I guess that would be Attitude Era. <laughs> He's not Gold Dust. He's the Ultimate Warrior. And then, literally the same weekend as as SummerSlam, Warrior, uh, they were at like a house show. Warrior's carrying Rude to the back when Heenan starts yelling at him, distracting him, and then Andre comes out from behind and begins just choking him. He's like just carrying him to the back to beat him up more? I guess. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do not in front of all these people to Rick Rude, Ultimate Warrior? I mean, technically you couldn't even see it if it was Rick Rude, so I'm not sure. I just yeah. assumed it was. Yeah. And then we go to the back. Mean Jeans there with Ultimate Warrior. And this promo is so crazy. All right, give it to me. That I have it word for word so everyone can understand what I'm talking about. The conditions that have already continued to worship as I have broken loose from all the straight jackets and all the rubber rooms across this weak planet. Oh my God. And you are going to enjoy it. We'll realize that the power will become the eighth wonder of the world as we eat you alive. Oh but God. you, ravishing Rick Rude, as I promised, you will surrender to the gods above as I beat you. One, One two, two, three. Uh, it's so incoherent. In- I felt like I needed to be shaking more yeah, when I was yeah. doing that. It's so incoherent, but I like he says some like masterful, like amazing, like hardcore lyrics sometimes it's like yeah i've broken loose from all of the straight jackets yeah dude if if a band that i liked was like yelling that shit uh, and we were all yelling onto it that's cool or like yeah fucking all the rubber rooms across this weak planet calling it a weak planet is like the most big dick fucking like <laughs> badass thing to do it's like this fucking weak planet and obviously you can't get off of it because we don't have the technology but ultimate warrior 
speaks like a being from beyond, which is weird because like his promos and his look are like two different things. He sounds like the craziest cult leader every promo isn't and it's he, amazing. Isn't he announced as parts unknown? I don't remember where he's announced from. Who knows? Parts but like like his look is I guess it's just hard for me to tie them together because he seriously sounds like the leader of a fucking cult. Except for a leader of a cult that's like way too jacked. <laughs> like way too excited. Oh. I was right. He was billed from parts oh, unknown. Oh. So we head off to our fifth match. We got Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental title. We have the champion coming out first. Foreshadowing. Bum, bum, bum. Rude takes the mic, calls out all the sweat hogs. We are the sweat hogs. I'm a sweat hog. <laughs> I don't care. Match starts. Rude's throwing everything at Warrior. Nothing seems to be working. Warrior reverses an Irish whip, misses a clothesline, ducks a clothesline, and finally hits the clothesline to send Rude over the ropes to the apron. Rude hits a shoulder block in a sunset flip, but Warrior stays up and punches down. I love it when people no-sell with sunset flip. It looks fucking so badass. It makes you look fucking like a big boy. Granted, he's a big boy. He is a big boy. Warrior then press slams Rude to the floor. Warrior rolls out, slams Rude's head against the apron on the timekeeper's table where the title is, hits the ravishing one over the back with the belt, and delivers a snap suplex on the floor. Rough. Another instance of someone hitting someone with a foreign object when the ref is plainly right there. It's outside of the ring. Outside of the ring, it doesn't matter. So Jesse complains... That the belt should be a DQ. Yeah, he yells DQ, DQ. But Tony gives the explanation that it happened on the outside. Uh huh. And Jesse's response: So you can shoot someone outside and not get <laughs> DQ'd. I love that so much. It's like such like contrarian, like bullshit, like internet argument that would happen today. But like, it's like you know somebody that obviously is just trying to push your buttons, which Jesse is. But it's like. The, the dumbest and perfect argument for comedy. It's like, oh, so you can just... It's like, it's like, what a violent thing to say, but, like, I know what you're saying. But, yes, you can. I mean, like, in, in different promotions, it's always a little different. Like, it depends on, you know, the rules are always flexible. But in uh, New Japan, when they start brawling outside, it's up to the ref. And they'll brawl for a yeah, long time. Yeah, they actually did that in AEW the other day, and people were, like, complaining about it's, it. Oh, shut up. If it was red shoes, they wouldn't have complained about it. It's true. After rolling him back in the ring, Warrior throws Rude back outside to deliver a power slam before rolling him back into the ring where Warrior goes to the top rope for a double axe handle. Rude Irish whips into the turnbuckle multiple times before being power slammed, a vertical suplex, an inverted atomic drop, and Warrior does some Rude-like dancing. Which is very funny. Warrior goes to the top rope, but the Ravishing One is up to hit him in the midsection to cause Warrior to crotch himself and fall to the mat. Does the Warrior even have genitalia? He's so otherworldly. It's ultimate, man. He's got the ultimate package, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, if he's the ultimate package, then what is Lex? He's the total package. So are you saying Lex is less than? He's not ultimate. We know he's a better wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> 
Rude starts working on the small of the back with a vertical suplex and then locks on a reverse chin lock. The Ravishing One goes for a Rude Awakening, but Warrior powers out, throws a clothesline that Rude ducks, and jumps on Warrior's back to lock in a sleeper. But Warrior finally escapes with a Jawbreaker. Uh, the Jawbreaker is one that, like, always looks like it fucking hurts. Because it's like, that guy How is... How can that not hurt? I, it's like, like, I don't want anybody's jaw in the top of my head, and I don't want anybody to jar the bottom of my jaw up into my face, and it Ever. looks... It always looks horrendous, and like every time I see it in a match, I like remember what a headache feels like for a split second. Warriors toss to the ropes. Rude goes for a clothesline, but Warrior hits a shoulder block that sends the Ravishing One colliding into the ref. Heenan gets Rude up, who starts pounding on Warrior, who begins to ultimate up. Yeah, I guess his promos aren't consistent enough for us to pick a thing. Starts no-selling everything, delivers chops to the neck, tosses Rude to the ropes to hit a back body drop, multiple clothesline, a power slam for the pin, and the ref is still out. Well, it's like a five count. It's like he gets that pin. Yeah, you get the, 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 visual, you get like, the visual pin. It's like a five count, and he like stands up, and it's like, oh, like yeah. Warrior then hits a pile driver on the ravishing one. Callback. And the ref is crawling over to make the count. One, two... two. Rude gets his foot on the ropes. It's good shit. That's good shit. Running power slam and a warrior splash, but the Ravishing One gets his knees up. Also, good shit. This is a good match. A belly-to-back pile driver from Rude and goes to the top rope for a falling fist. Is that what that, that pile driver is called? I was like, I don't know what this is. I know. I had to look it up because it's like the opposite of what a normal pile driver is. Yeah. Usually, usually it's like they put their head under their... In between their legs. Yeah. But he had him turned the opposite direction where his face was facing out. Yeah. Instead of... It looks awesome. Yeah. And, and it looks fucking weird, and it also looks kind of scary. I think it was botch of a little bit. It looked it looked rough as fuck. Yeah. I was like, ooh. But, yeah, I was like, I was like in my notes, it says, like, mod pile driver, like, modified pile driver. I don't know what this is. The crowd's going crazy. Because all of a sudden, it's Roddy Roddy Piper! Holy shit. Rude hits another pile driver for a near fall. I was not ready for this. Rude sees Piper and starts yelling at him, posing, and Piper turns, lifts his kilt to show his bare ass yep, the to the ravishing one. Irish moon. Rude a, still a potato yelling. Potato party? <laughs> Rude still yelling at Piper, climbs onto the turnbuckle, allowing Warrior to hit a belly to back suplex. Warrior then with a shoulder tackle, lifts the Ravishing One up into a press slam, drops him to the mat, hits the Warrior Splash for the pin and the wind. And new! We get Sean Mooney out in the crowd. I love, like, I guess earlier Sean Mooney wasn't out in the crowd, but the rest of the show, it's just Sean Mooney in the crowd, and like he's just like trying to talk, but there's just people freaking out around him. And it's a really cool, fun dynamic that's like... Just a fun thing to do, and it makes the show feel bigger and more exciting by doing it. It's like, I think it's fun. I agree. Yeah, it's cool. Mooney had actually has a pretty good line here. He just says, we just all experienced the ultimate acceleration. Hell yeah. We then go to the back. Mr. Perfect's there with Mr. Gene. They show a replay. Mr. Gene. Did I say Mr. Gene? You said Mr. Gene. I just liked, I like calling him Mr. Gene. Uh, they show a replay of the finish of the of the Mr. Perfect match. Mr. Perfect cuts a promo. 
Yeah, I don't know. What, what, what in great what, lines, what, really? What did he say? He said, I'm Mr. Perfect. Because he is. Yeah. He's perfect. Roddy Piper then joins Mean Gene, and he says, the next thing I'm going to do is drive Voyager 3. Does he really say that? Because, you know, Voyager 2 just... Yeah. And then he says, what does an Irishman wear under his kilt? Shoes. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Piper is hot here. It's like he is stoked to be back, I guess. And he's like, Rude's going to say it's my fault? Of course it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like seriously killing this promo. Then Rugged Ronnie Garvin joins Mean Gene. And he says he has a special assignment tonight. He's no longer a referee because he was fired after his altercation on Saturday Night Main Event. Then all of a sudden, Heenan storms in, starts yelling about Piper. Rude comes in, more yelling about Piper. And Gene tells them to take it to Jack Tunney. <laughs> and then we go to Tony and he's like, hey, we're going to have a five-minute intermission. But Mean Gene welcomes us back to take us to a video package. Uh, we see Hogan coming to the ring at a Saturday Night Main Event to have a match with Big Boss Man in a cage. But Zeus, with some crazy football shoulder pads on oh yeah it's like they're kind of classy looking he's got like weird chains hanging off of him he's like standing in the walkway and he begins to attack hulk yeah and it's pretty cool gear honestly for how it's like how lame of a character he is yeah it's like it's kind of like a like more like sleek or regal looking version of like road warriors you know what i mean yeah in a way i can see that like it's obviously you know road warriors like shoulder pad shit but Macho and Sherry on an episode of Superstar brings out Zeus to introduce him to the world. And then Brutus and Hogan with their reply for the challenge of the tag match on another episode of Superstars. And then we see the match between Savage and Beefcake from the Saturday Night Main Event we covered last week where Zeus interfered and Hogan came down to save Brutus. But Zeus is impenetrable. And then we get Tony and Jesse previewing our next match. Which leads us right into the sixth match of the night. The Twin Towers of Akeem and Big Boss Man and Andre the Giant with Slick and Bobby Heenan versus Demolition of Axe and Smash and King Hacksaw Jim Duggan. The look of him with like the black mask, but then his like 2x4 is painted to look like an American flag, I believe. I think it was just like wrapped with like American flag stickers or something. I don't know, maybe? but it looks cool. But then he has the little king hat on top of the 2 by 4 yeah. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this is great. He's wearing the thing. And it's like, we all know that I'm not a Duggan guy, a Dugan guy, not a Sawman. But, like, he's having fun here. And I like fun. And it was just like, kind of cool to see him, like, mix in with Demolition in, a, in like, a way that didn't feel... It was wacky, but it didn't feel like forced. Did you catch the uh, the poster that someone was holding up that had to do with demolition and twin towers? Oh yes, I did. I did see that. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah. Michael kind of called this one a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always stuff like that where it's like, mm, you know, if you make if you make jokes about something, like eventually that thing's gonna happen. So uh, before the match starts, uh, Duggan takes his black hockey mask off mm-hmm. and he has the american flag painted across his face i even forgot about that and that's amazing because it's like oh duggan is the american douchebag but you know accent patriot sp- sir whatever american i just don't patriot. like it but the you know it's like oh it all it all fits in in a weird nice way and i like it 
So Akeem and Hacksaw are yelling at each other, and Duggan starts throwing right hands. Axe and Smash with more damage to Akeem. Akeem with the Irish whip of Axe to the corner, but Axe comes out with a back elbow, and the African Dream is finally able to make a tag after an eye rake. Demolition and Dugan start working over Boss Man. Axe gets caught in the wrong corner, and Andre sits on him multiple times. Also, like, Boss Man is already completely drenched in sweat. I know. I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, like, did you have an extra match in the back? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Out? It's like, maybe he's just, like, did a way too much blow. <laughs> he's been, like, partying all night. But, like, there's sweat stains, like, through his shit. And he has, like, like probably a tank top on and then, like, his gear. And his gear is, like, already ruffled up, which it always gets ruffled up in any of his matches before the match is over. But he's, like, the first tag in. And he already looks like the end of a, like, you know, 12-minute singles match, which... Like, has there ever been a 12-minute boss man singles match? Not that we've seen. Yeah, and I hope that I don't. Axe finally rolls out of the ring, but Andre brings him back in for boss man to continue the assault. Axe escapes Akeem's grasp after an Irish whip to the corner. Smash rams both towers into each other before scoop slamming them both as well. (sighs) Big pop. Andre takes Smash down to regain control for his team. But Axe pulls Bossman out of the ring by his boots, while Akeem continues to work on Smash. But the the two double scoops claim on those big boys? That's, Just saying. It, it was, was impressive. It was cool. Andre then hits a headbutt on Dugan, and Akeem with a second rope Air Africa. This Hacksaw breaks it up with his 2x4, rolls Smash on top for the pin and the win. Faces doing heel shit. Doing Hacksaw's always doing heel shit. Hacksaw's, yeah, he is. He's only not a heel because uh, people like to go, oh, and they really like uh, to chant USA, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know why. So then we get another ad for the Survivor Series. And the Mean Jeans in the back with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase in Virgil. And DiBiase's talking about his opponent, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Oh, yeah. And he says, you're still nothing but a primitive native, eating coconuts and bananas while I dine and wine on champagne and caviar. Yeah. Eh. I mean, that's what they always do. And get ready, because uh, we're going to get some uh, thick skull comments as well. <laughs> yeah. Howard Finkel then announces a guest ring announcer, rugged Ronnie Garvin. So we're headed off to our seventh match, Hercules versus Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart. And as I said, Ronnie Garvin is the is the special announcer. Yeah. And he announces, this is how he announces Valentine, because this is so bad that I had to get it word for of word course, for Of course you. you do. His so-called opponent, accompanied to the ring by a little pipsqueak, poor excuse of a manager, the big mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Here is a man who says he is from Seattle, Washington. He claims he weighs 249 pounds. To me, he looks like he is overweight by 30 pounds. (laughs) This individual who can't talk for himself, and when he goes to his wimpy manager for advice, little Jimmy can't give him any. He is the only wrestler I've ever seen with two left feet, wears a robe with cheap rhinestones, can't tell if he's coming or going, Made the biggest Fuck. mistake of his life when he asked for me to be reinstated. It's pretty brutal. It's like, 
it's like a your mama joke, but not good. Yes, it's not good. Honestly, you probably just performed that better than Gar- Garvin did. I totally did. He definitely did. But the uh, one thing I want to talk about, Garvin's got the bleached hair, buzz yeah. cut look. But something that also I noticed with the last show that we watched that JR was on, but they have like no sideburns at all, so it's like above the ears, just like a straight cut back. Mm-hmm. And it is a very jarring and bizarre look. So, like, everybody normally has, like, like something like this. It's just like this is small there, and it, like, goes around the ear a little bit, but it's just, like, yeah. straight over, and it's, like, very bizarre looking. Maybe that was just, like, looking. It might have been a look, but it looks more like it would be, like, a cool, like, cyberpunk, like, uh, like future, you know, Blade Runner movie look than it would be something in the 80s. But it's, like, J.R. had it as well, and it was, like, and he still had his, like, typical J.R. cut. But instead of having like just a little bit curled around the ears, yeah. it was just like straight flat, and it's very jarring looking. It's weird. And I don't know why it bothers me or I notice it, but it's weird. To everyone his own. Uh, I mean, maybe next time I get my hair cut, I'll try it out. I'm sure that I will get called out immediately by everybody. Like, yo, dude, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, probably. Head? Yeah. Probably. So as Garvin is getting out of the ring, Valentine calls him back into the ring and starts yelling at him, allowing Hercules to attack. The hammer is tossed to the ropes and hit with a back elbow and a power slam by Hercules. Valentine rolls out and is distracted by Garvin at ringside, even though Garvin's not doing anything. No, he's not. Hart gets the hammer to roll into the ring, but he's still distracted, so Hercules with a small package for a two count. Again, Valentine rolls out and walks towards Garvin, but Hart's trying to get him back into the match while Hercules comes off the apron with an axe handle to the hammer's back. Hercules slams Valentine's head on the timekeeper's table, rolls him back into the ring. As Hercules is getting in, the hammer hits a knee, multiple elbow drops, goes to lock on a figure four, but Hercules kicks him off, but Valentine is right back with a snapmare. The hammer goes up top to hit a double axe handle, but Hercules catches him in the gut. Lefts and rides before tossing Valentine to the ropes, but Hercules ducks his head, allowing the hammer to hit a forearm to the neck. Valentine tries for a vertical suplex, but Hercules reverses for one of his own. Hercules that was is nice. Hercules is a big boy. I mean, Valentine's like a compact little guy, but like Hercules is a big beefy guy. So it was nice to see him like reverse the suplex. Biggest traps in the game. Hercules, yeah. Hercules is taking the hammer to the corner where Valentine does a double leg takedown, goes for the pin with leverage for the win. Hell yeah. Give that hammer that win. Post-match, Garvin gets in the ring to make the official announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned, the winner of the match, the mighty Hercules. <laughs> and the ref goes over to Ronnie Garvin and is like, that's, that's not what happened. And Garvin said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, it seems that was misunderstood. The winner of the match by DQ, <laughs> the mighty Hercules. Uh, it's pretty tired. So Valentine gets back in the ring, lays out Ronnie, Rugged Ronnie descending to the floor. Hercules starts brawling with the hammer, and Garvin throws his jacket off, gets back in the ring, and nails Valentine with a hand of stone descending to the floor. We then go to the back mean jeans there with Macho Man, sensational Sherry and Zeus, and one of the most bizarre promos. Oh, I love it. It's, Sherry, it's not great, but it's very it's the right it's it's bizarre, but it's fun. Like bizarre it's, is it right is work. fun. Yeah, it's very fun. So Sherry has a cauldron 
and there's like the well, it's probably just dry ice for a smoke machine, but it's fun. fun. They're playing with it. They're they they call it the Cauldron of Madness, and she sees the secret. Yeah, what a great name, the Cauldron of Madness. She sees the secret to beating Hogan, Beefcake, mm-hmm. and possibly Miss Elizabeth. And Macho just sees them in itty bitty pieces. It's so good. And they're like, and Zeus they're, does some more slobber. They're like playing with the smoke. Is there? Is, I guess that's all they really say. The Cauldron of Madness, like. Yeah, they're really in great lines by any of them. It's just it's just really fucking fun. Yeah. Like it's cool. I definitely like it a lot, but it's not the they don't it's not the best scripted. It's just a really good concept. Really good idea. So we go to our eighth match. We got the million dollar man Ted DiBiase with Virgil versus Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And DiBiase claims he's ended Jake the Snake Roberts' career. Uh I mean it's not kayfabe, but Jake kind of ended his own career, right? At this point, <laughs> uh, so Million Dollar Man had tacked Roberts after a match he had had with Virgil. So he always asked if Virgil ever had yeah. matches. He actually had a match with Jake the Snake. And it would put him on the shelf for several months. But actually, it was mm. because of the back surgery, because of the guitar shot from Honky Tonk Man oh, really? the year before. Because Jake worked... Yeah, I mean, he has a very sordid history. Yeah. But as the match, this match starts, DiBiase goes to attack as Snuka turns to take his jacket off. But Superfly moves and starts chopping away and a headbutt to send Million Dollar Man to the floor. Virgil gets on the apron and Snuka starts choking him, which allows DiBiase to come from behind with a knee. But Superfly moves, hitting Virgil to the floor. Roundhouse right by Million Dollar Man, but Snuka ducks, delivers an atomic drop to send DiBiase over the ropes to the floor. They keep everyone just keeps going to the floor on this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's why not just uh, you know do it in the ring. Million Dollar Man running the ropes, Snuka with a leapfrog attempts a second leapfrog, but doesn't get high enough. Oh yeah, and a, the two men mm, tumble to the mat. There's quite the quite the botch. Yeah, but I kind of like it. Sometimes when stuff like that happens, because it kind of adds to the realism of it, as long as they don't, as long as they keep it moving. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I kind of almost enjoy it because it just kind of adds realism. Yeah, exactly. Superfly with head slams to multiple turnbuckles, but DiBiase with a boot to get on the attack. Snooker reverses the Irish whip, hits a back body drop on Million Dollar Man. Superfly running the ropes, DiBiase picks him up for a rubber band flapjack. Million Dollar Man on the attack with right hands, head slams into turnbuckles, a vertical suplex, knees to the back, a backbreaker, power slam, and tries for a second rope falling back elbow. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of stuff, man. But Snooka moves. Superfly with multiple headbutts, a scoop slam, goes to the second rope for a falling headbutt, goes to the top rope again, but this time Virgil jumps on the apron, which distracts Snooka. Superfly then stalks Virgil around the ring where they start brawling, and Million Dollar Man comes off the apron with an axe handle, which runs Snooka into the ring post. Posted. DiBiase rolls him back into the ring as the bell rings. So Million Dollar Man wins the match by countout. Yeah, it happened. It was pretty, like, entertaining. It's just the ending was not... There wasn't a... You know how, like, uh, sentences end with periods... And yeah. and you know some exclamations and with exclamation points and, and question questions marks ends with and, question marks. Yeah, 
This one ended with an ellipsis. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at, and I appreciate you. But it's rough to watch a match that's good end with an ellipsis. Especially when the ellipsis is unnecessary or not very well pronounced. This entire match just felt like a time waster. It's... I, I can't even say it was DB good. Aussie got some shit in. I can't even it's say it was good. good. It was... We've seen a lot worse shit. It's not the worst match on the show by any means. It's just super unnecessary. Exactly. So post-match, Superfly comes in with a flying clothesline to knock D.B. Aussie and Virgil down, and then a flying forearm to send Million Dollar Man to the floor. Snooka tosses Virgil to the ropes, delivers a mighty chop on his way back, and Superfly, with a backbreaker, goes to the top rope for a Superfly smash on the bodyguard. We go up to Dude, Sean... that Superfly smash looks like it hurts like a motherfucker. It's good. <laughs> It looks it's like ribcage on ribcage, and like that big bastard just looks rough. We go to Sean Mooney, who's still up in the crowd. He's way up at the top, doesn't really say a whole lot. And then we go to Mean Gene, who's in the back with Hogan and Beefcake. And does Ho- Beefcake have titanium steel blades? Is that what he says? I I'm sure. So. I'm sure he does. If I've got it, he probably said it. Yeah. Hulk's uh, makes his pythons out to be Moses parting the sea when they get stopped on the highway. Riding motorcycles Riding with mo- Liz on the back of the motorcycle. He doesn't say Liz, though. But he's what he means, he, I think. This is He says he, he has says a package shit. on the back of his bike. Yes. With those long, long sexy legs, legs yeah. wrapped around me with the arms hug around my waist for yeah. dear life. With a, And then he, he puts his hands up. With a set of headlights. Yes, with a set of headlights. That were pointed straight ahead. Yeah, and he's talking about like Dumb and Dumber headlights. And a <laughs> smile across the secret weapon space, just like an April sunshine. And I was just like, dude, you're talking about Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, why it's like, why don't... are you talking about her boobs? Like, <laughs> It's like, we can't, we can't be sexualizing Miss Elizabeth like this. I mean, we already did it last SummerSlam, and we all enjoyed it. I mean, we 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 love her. She's a pretty lady, but we don't want to hear. It's like, it's like you love her so much, you don't want to hear. People. I don't want Hogan. Yeah, it's like. Oh, yeah, well, I don't want Hogan talking about anybody that way. But like, yeah, it's like she's too pretty to like. I I care about her too much for you to call her boobs tits, and I feel like that's what you're doing right now exactly. without doing it, and I don't like it. We then go back out to the ring. Howard Finkel announces the genius to recite a poem. Uh, this is worst part of the show. Thank you. <laughs> I was just like, please don't, please don't say you like this. Movie. No, I like watched it. And I was just like, I don't even care enough to write anything about this other than he did it. It's fucking weird and very bad. What do you expect from Lanny Poffo? Like the thing is, is like I can see where this came from and the concept of this like segment. I don't need it could, on a pay per view. No, I mean it could have been fine, but not Lanny Poffo doing it because he is like a fish out of water. Completely, it's like somebody could have done this well. He's not the guy to do it. No, and it's fucking. It's very very funny. I don't know what to say about it. I'm kind of taken aback. I've said all I need to say. Okay, about it. all right, yeah. Uh, Lanny just stinks. Pretty much. He's got those great teeth, though. You think he's had dentures since he was, like, four? Absolutely. Because it's crazy. So we're going to head off to our ninth match. Maybe that's why he talks so weird. Macho Man Randy Savage and Zeus with Sensational Sherry versus Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake 
Now, after everyone has come to the ring, Hogan whispers something to Finkel. I know, it's weird. Howard then announces Miss Elizabeth, bum, bum, bum. who joins Hogan and Brutus at ringside. Even though she came out to Savage's music. She did come out of Savage's music. And I was like, okay. I literally was like, as soon as he whispered to her, I mean, we all knew Miss Elizabeth was coming out. Yeah. But we dude, were just Liz, like, Liz, I was like, they have, to have, they have to have different music for her, right? No, right? No. And then Pop and Circumstance came on. I was like, hmm. I feel like if anything, maybe she should have kept that music and maybe Savage would have been forced to get different music because that would have made him like even stronger heel. And also like that music fits her better granted That's she does true. not come into the ring that often anyway jimmy hart could have written something about madness or something oh yeah it would have been great but liz gets a huge pop she does get a huge it's pop. just a giant pop and like i just it warmed my goddamn heart i'm like fuck yes I, everyone loves I, Miss Elizabeth. I, I love her so much match starts and macho and zeus attack first beefcake tosses savage out of the ring following after to brawl on the floor Hogan's punching away at Zeus to no avail. And Brutus throws Macho into the ring post on the outside. Hulk rakes the eyes of Zeus and attempts to lift him, but can't. Of course he can't. And Zeus hits a forearm across the back to take Hogan down and begins the choking. Oh. So you've seen one of his moves. So is, is he a choker or a hugger? He's a little bit of both. <laughs> yes, he is. But uh, according to Jesse Ventura, what is Miss Elizabeth? A gold digger. He talks about it a bunch. Oh, that's right. He, said he, he calls did, it he out a bunch. That. Beefcake's back in the ring, goes to the second rope, and comes off with a double axe handle, but Zeus catches him in a bear hug. Oh. The catch is good. Zeus has two moves of doom. He is following our laws of the bear hug. That's true. So there's that. They don't. Look, it doesn't necessarily look good, but most bear hugs don't look good, so whatever. Hulk hits Zeus from behind to break the hold, and Zeus turns to face Hogan. Hulk goes for a shoulder tackle but is knocked down, and then Zeus lifts Hogan into a bear hug when Savage comes off the top rope with a double axe handle to Hulk's back. Macho with a scoop slam goes to the top rope for another double axe handle, a high knee to the back, and a clothesline. Savage with the headlock, but Hogan fights back with elbows and a pair of shoulder tackles until Zeus got a knee into his back. A third move? Oh, a knee? A knee. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even have to really lift his knee. He just, like... It's like, uh, like, he lifts it, but not in any kind of athletic way. Zeus then Irish whips Hulk and puts him back into a bear hug. The Hulkster's fading. Zeus gots him down all the way to the mat. And H- Hogan gets back to his feet, but Zeus drives him into the corner. Double team to continue working on the back before a rubber band slam by Macho. A back suplex were recovered by Savage, but Hulk crawls his way to the ropes. And Macho goes for the leaping body guillotine. But the Hulkster moves, leaving Savage all tangled up in the ropes. Leaping, leaping body guillotine? Leaping body guillotine. Which one's that? Where he, the person's draped over the second rope and uh, they leap on with their, their body onto the yeah, okay, neck I gotcha. area. All right. Multiple elbow drop attempts by Macho, but Hogan continues to move and finally makes his way to the corner for the hot tag. Brutus in with a shoulder block, a clothesline. Brutus with the hot tag. Brutus know, getting the right? hot tag. It's kind of fun considering he's had these great promos, and he's a better worker. He's get only getting better, but it was just I was like I was. It's just fuck. Like did you Hogan pop? never starts. Did you pop for the hot tag? I did not. I smir- oh. I smirked. A face pop. He also hits a jumping knee for a two count on Savage. 
Beefcake tosses Macho to the ropes, misses a clothesline, but locks the barber's chair on. But Savage escapes by throwing Brutus into a turnbuckle. The barber rakes Zeus's eyes, jumps on his back to lock the sleeper on once again. But Macho comes from behind to hit Beefcake with Sherry's purse and knocks him completely out. Could that purse be loaded? Possibly. Savage tries to make multiple covers, but Hogan keeps getting into the ring to break the, the pin attempt. Macho takes off running to the outside of the ring with Hulk in pursuit, and Savage makes his way to grab Elizabeth, but Hogan catches him and rolls him back into the ring, which allows another pin attempt, but the Hulkster pulls Randy off at the last second. Zeus is choking Beefcake with the ropes, then in the middle of the ring picks him up into a double chokehold into the corner and then rubber band slams Brutus. The barber reverses the Irish whip, misses a clothesline, but then him and Savage give each other clotheslines for the double KO spot. Brutus is crawling, has to kick Macho off, and then leaps for the hot tag. Finger wagon, right hands of doom, Irish whip followed by a back elbow, sucker punches Zeus, a big boot to Macho to send him to the floor, pulls him up to the apron, and picks him up into a vertical suplex. But Sherry grabs the leg of Hulk and Savage lands on top for the near fall. And it's like that's normally a like end of match spot. Yeah. It was really nice to see them use it as a near fall spot, spot a near fall spot, but especially considering it's like Hogan and Savage. It's like fucking my mom knows probably who Macho Man, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan are. Most people probably. Yeah, do. it's like it's like how can you not? It's like those are the two guys and it's like this is that's a, a prime fucking, like, tension, like, tension t- storytelling spot, I feel like, in a weird way. Where it's, like, very subtle, but it it feels like a lot. Macho then hits a clothesline, goes to the top rope, and hits the savage elbow. But Hogan sits right up. <sighs> don't like it. I don't like it. Hulk How could I like it? Hulk with an atomic drop to send Randy to the outside. The Hulkster's throwing right hands, staggering Zeus, ducks a clothesline, hits a clothesline, and Zeus is down to a knee. Yeah, it takes forever to get Zeus down. Yeah. Sherry's up on the apron, and Elizabeth pushes her over the ropes into the ring. No. Oh, this is, this is all silly. Macho up to the top rope with the purse, but Beefcake tosses Savage off, and Hogan picks up the purse and clobbers Zeus to stagger him. Hulk with the body slam, the leg drop, for the pin, and, and the win. win. I, yeah, I was like, the the power slam of Zeus was impressive. I mean, you gotta have the power slam. It, it calls back to the Andre. Yeah, Hogan plus it's thing. just part of the four things Hogan does. Exactly. That are not like strictly performative and like the four athletic things that he does. So post match, Sherry had tried to break up the pin, but she was a little too late and is now in the ring with Hogan. Oh, yeah. And Hulk gives Sherry an atomic drop, sending her to Elizabeth, who hits her with the purse to knock her out. Boo, like, Hogan Hogan uh, hitting Sherry just seems so wrong. <laughs> like, it's like, I know she's, you know, bad or whatever, but it's like, you're fucking Hulk Hogan. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Hogan and Beefcake both have shears protecting the ring, while Elizabeth grabs Sherry's hair, where they take a little oh. bit off the top. Too. It's weird, the scissor stuff, like I said earlier, it's just very violent. Yeah. It looks violent because they're like stabbing outside of the ring. 
like you know try like keeping him out of the ring by like doing stabbing motions and stuff and i'm like Ugh, those shears are big and then we get some hulk brutus and elizabeth doing some hogan posing mm-hmm. for like Five minutes or so before Tony a little quicker. Before Tony and Jesse say their goodbyes while we get a replay of the end of the match. So Michael Temple, overall thoughts of SummerSlam nineteen eighty nine. It's mostly fine. It's fun. It's a fun show. Fuck. I don't know. Like there's even the <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, even the worst stuff is not the worst stuff in hindsight. I honestly started this show. Mm-hmm. And the first half of the show was going on. We had, you know, Heart Foundations, oh, Brain yeah. Busters. Oh, yeah. Good we had stuff. a rude warrior match. It was good. It was fun. And I'm literally like, we have a contender for my favorite okay. WWF show. Oh, really? That we have watched. Intermission hits, and the back half is... Unnecessary? Garbage. Absolute Garbage. I mean, I think that it's fun, but it is not good. It is not I, like, good. There's at all. a difference between like fun and like and good for me. Like it doesn't have to be good for it to be fun. But like whenever it's really good, it's the most fun. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even like, say- that sounds that sounds that's convoluted, but you know what I'm you know what I'm, I'm not trying saying to say. The, the the main event is a bad match. I'm just saying it's probably actually the best match of the final four matches. So what you're saying is that it started as a wrestling show and then it turned into a WWF show. And when exactly. it turned into a WWF show, you were like, fuck, I thought I was getting a wrestling show. Basically. And like, you I, I weren't, don't know why I and, would think that. Yeah, you, like, I, I know where you're coming from because you were sold one thing and then given another. And normally it seems like it's more integrated. So you'll get like the wrestling match and then you'll get... The WWF match, and then you'll get the wrestling match, and then you get the like, and yeah. this is like kind of like front loaded and back loaded. And the front load is the front load is so the stuff, good. It's the stuff that we that we are more into. I love the story stuff, but like I don't need the story stuff. Like I need story stuff if you're honky tonk man. I don't need the story if it's like, you know, like. Bret Hart and like Arn Anderson in the and ring. It's a Mr. Perfect match. I don't need a story. I just want to watch Mr. Perfect. Yeah, wrestling. yeah. But it's like, yeah, if you give me like Bret and Arn in the ring together at the same time, they don't have it. to be fighting for any reason no. outside of it being a contest like, of a wrestling contest. And that's enough for me because I know they're going to give me a story in the match. Like originally, whenever that match first started, the Brainbusters and Heart Foundation, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, the belts aren't on the line. I was like, well, that sucks. Because I was like, yeah. I totally expected the Heart Foundation to win. Because it's time to it, come it, up. it would be to build another contender mm-hmm. for, you know, have another contender for the belt. Yeah. And, and then, they, they, took, did, and and then they, they didn't win. And they took it off demolition. So it was like, well, maybe they'll get one of those guys a singles run. Because we know eventually, I think Smash gets an unsuccessful singles run. I don't know if it's Smash or Axe. But I, don't know, I don't remember either, but... I was just like, oh, okay, well, maybe they they didn't put the belts on the line because that's what they're going to do to build up a new another contender yeah. for the belt. It also could have been something as simple as, like, you know, one of the guys from Demolition is, like, hurt. But I guess they also performed on the show, so. No, none of them were hurt. It was, they just decided yeah. to change the belts. They yeah. had, them, had had them for quite some time. Oh, yeah, the longest ever, right? Yeah. So, I mean... This show, 
It's good. It's good. I, I would definitely watch the first the first five matches are really good. Yeah. Once you hit that intermission, like literally I would just skip to the main event. And I don't think possibly just maybe like the last like five minutes of the main event. I don't think that any of it's boring. I think it's a really fun show. I don't really have anything super negative to say about this show. Like the Twin Towers versus Demolition, like it, it was a nothing match. Yeah, but it didn't last that long. I know it didn't last that long, but those are four guys or the six guys because they had Duggan and yeah. Andre in there. Like I don't need to see those guys. But like Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior is kind of awesome. It's great. It's kind of great. It's great. I'm just talking about the back half. Yeah, the, I guess that's not Her- the back Hercules half. Hercules and ba- Hammer the Valentine. That match is an, uh, absolutely unnecessary. It's unnecessary. The only reason it's there is for Garvin to get heat on mm-hmm. Valentine. And he's not even and I'm like, particularly doing a great job of it. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, worthless. DiBiase and Snuka. That was kind of a... Like, it, like we don't see a lot of DiBiase, like, one-on-one in the ring. So it was cool to see. And he did That's pull off some shit. Seen. That's all we've ever seen of him. I don't feel like we and get he's enough always DiBiase. Just, he's always in just these matches that, like... It's like... What? Yeah. They why, never why, why is this? Why is this match? Because he doesn't have the look and they're Hogan's there, so it's like, oh, like he's he can talk, so like DiBiase never really got the run he really truly deserved. Move him to the IC belt picture. I'm like Yeah. Move him down there. Like the Warriors it, there. It, it, I feel like it almost should have been DiBiase instead of Rude. Oh, against Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Yeah. I mean DiBiase But they've already been building up the Rude thing. I don't know. It's I think it's a fun show and you kinda get a little bit of everybody. But it's not fucking. None of these matches are even ten minutes as good as a you know forty five minute Sting Flare match. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not the same thing. No, I mean no, nothing on this show is an instant classic by any means. No, you're chasing moments. I I would totally say if you're gonna watch this, watch the first five matches, and then. Just go to the last one. And then go to the main event. Yeah. Because, like, the three matches in between are just, like, whatever matches. They are definitely whatever. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time for us to smark it up. So, best moments of the night. The tag matches were good. I was really surprised with uh, Rude Warrior. Dusty Rhodes promo. Oh, shit. I love the Dusty match. I do, too. I really did. I, like... Dusty was kind of the highlight for me. It, re- it was kind of the highlight for me in a fun way because he just seemed so excited to be doing it. And it was also, we get to see him in like real production value. So yeah. It was kind of like a whole new Dusty, even though it was Dusty, but it's just like Dusty like cranked up, you know what I mean? Roddy Roddy Piper showing up is always fun. That was, that was great too. Like there are some big... big because I, I, I had this on this show. I kind of had this bad taste in my mouth after WrestleMania five with this whole brother love, Morton Downey Jr. Oh segment yeah, that went on too long. That went on way too long. That I was just like, I have this bad taste. And but he came out and just did this one simple little thing, cut a great promo afterwards, yeah. and I was like, I'm ready for a Piper Rude feud. I'm ready yeah. for it. Also, perfect fucking perfect opponent for Dusty Rhodes. Honky Tonk Man. Because he sells like crazy. Sells like crazy. Neither of them are technical and dust, and they're both like over the top and very fun. But Dusty, seeing the Dusty pop, seeing the Dusty promos, and seeing Dusty just like overdo it. Like he's always been, you know, Dusty Rhodes a little over the top. 
but here I feel like his like this is the most extreme like performance we've seen from him in a not extreme like as in bloody because obviously there's no blood here but like the most like excited and like animated we've seen him yeah he just seems like clear headed and ha- and ready to have fun probably my favorite spot of the night was the uh, heart foundation fire uh, torture rack into the fireman's carry the suplex, suplex thing. thing yeah no that was definitely up there also there's the marty Chinetti like or the rocker spot Obviously, it's not as memorable as the Bret Hart match, the Bret Hart uh, Heart Foundation spot. Yeah, there's a cool one for sure, but obviously because the Rockers always have a cool move. They always, yeah, they always have a cool fucking spot for sure. How about best performer of the night? Man, I don't know. Like I loved what Dusty did with gonna, the time he was given. I'm gonna give it to Mr. Perfect for. Them realizing, oh, there's an injury, and let's end this quickly. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's like all the performances here are fine. There's no like super poor ones, but nothing really particularly stands out. How about Tito and Rick Martel? That was fun. Honestly, that was really fun. I hope that that we get a singles match, but we probably won't. I, that feud, I think, goes for a while, and it just and, kind of peters out, and they don't really ever blow it off. So I don't. I'm not real sure. Yeah, that's a bummer. Which might be one of the more disappointing things on this yeah, show. Yeah, it's like, fuck, like, yeah. I mean, going to most disappointing, I've kind of mentioned it already, like, Demolition Twin Towers with Duggan and Andre, that match, I know it was short. It was just to get those guys on the show. I don't need to see those guys. But, but you're not the paying customer. Like, hindsight... Technically, like, I am. I mean, yeah. 30 years down the road, but I yeah. still am a paying customer. But people need it. You can't just omit them from the show. You could have. But that's not. But those guys are big. You can't not have Andre on and the then show. then Valentine, Garvin. That was like the least. Hercules. Le- that was easily the that's least. That's the worst match That on was show. easily the least necessary. Because it's like, oh, those guys, like, no one's going there for Valentine. No. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And we lo- and the thing is, we, we, like love, Val- we like Valentine. Yeah. But this whole thing. But is nobody just, like Valentine is not a attraction. No, not. And and then obviously once again, DiBiase Snuka that match, just the way it ends. It's like I think we had the perfect analogy. It ends with an ellipsis. ellipsis. Yeah, which and I feel like, like we're going to be saying a lot now that we have it. It's like ugh. Yeah. Anything surprising on this show? Piper showing up. Piper showing up. Uh, Dusty. Dusty was only surprising. one belt defended. Also very surprising. No IC. Or no, the IC only, was only, only the, the IC. IC Sorry, belt yeah, was yeah. Defended. No heavyweight? It's like... No heavyweight, no tag team belt. That's insane to think yeah. about. That there was only one... I mean, I guess there's only like three belts. At this point, yeah. There's yeah. only three belts. Which is kind of a good thing. Eventually we have too many belts, but... Here's a belt. There's a belt. Everywhere. A belt a belt. belt. Oh, we forgot to mention the genius on the most disappointing. Oh, well, yeah. Because Easily the genius was he like... He was trash. And guess when he was? In the second part of the show. <sighs> yeah. Not a terrible show. Not a great show. And now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. Edouard Carpentier, born in 1926 in France, would join the French Resistance during World War II. He would move to Montreal, Quebec in 1956. Carpentier would become a fan favorite using acrobatic leaps 
from turnbuckles and other aerial moves. Carpentier would win a disputed contest versus Luthez in 1957. He would be considered the world heavyweight champion in many territories, including Omaha. This helped lead to the split of the NWA and the creation of the AWA. After his retirement, Carpentier would operate a wrestling school and become a commentator for the French version of superstars that WWF would produce. Carpentier would also be inducted into the Professional Wrestling and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fames. Edouard Carpentier and Luthez are tied in history to the moment that wrestling became complicated once again. Next week, Halloween Havoc 1989. Halloween. You know, uh, I know you're not a Misfits fan, but there's a Misfits song. All their songs are basically Halloween songs, but there's a song called Halloween, and the chorus is just Halloween. all their songs are Halloween. I mean, they're all basically like spooky horror stuff or like violent weird shit. Maybe I just haven't listened to enough of the Misfits. To I mean, there's there's like some them. good there's some good shit where it's like this is dumb, but goddamn, it's fun. Kind of like this show. Yeah, yeah, it's like like most wrestling. Yeah. Music from this week's show is the theme song from SummerSlam '89. And Hogan got the pin, so <laughs> you know what that means. Uh, no more, no more American. Real American by Rick Derringer. And if you like us, you can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast app. You can always send us emails, ask us any questions, comments, concerns, just whatever. We like to hear from you at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Or you can do the same on Twitter. At Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. Talk to you next week.